Adjusting to Friendlier, the podcast for friends who love to talk, read, and eat. I'm Sarah. And I'm Abby. Today we're going to talk about managing our time, but first, let's catch up on life lately. What's new with you, Sarah? This summer, our family got a membership to the local rock climbing gym. I had avoided this in the past because I didn't think that we would use it often enough to make it worth the cost because rock climbing gyms generally are not cheap. Mm Mm-hmm. But we get a credit through Neil's health insurance for a gym membership. And before, we had been using it at the local Y. But now we haven't been going there as often. So we decided to give this a try. Nice. So I'm not sure how long-lived this adventure of ours will be. Mm -hmm. But it's been really fun. I've been going with a friend who also got a membership. And we've been going together once a week. And then I've been going at least once a week on my own. I am loving how good of a workout it is. I don't remember that from the past, but I am covered in sweat. All of my muscles are hurting and we're not even doing it for very long. I probably do four runs and it takes 45 minutes maybe. And some of that is belaying somebody else, but it is no joke. And just a fun, different way to move my body that feels like that real sense of accomplishment. Mm -hmm. But I'm skeptical of how often we'll be going once the weather turns because it's just far enough away to be a bit of an effort to get there. Oh, yeah. I'll have to reevaluate as the cold weather descends. But for right now, it's just been a really fun addition to my life. Do you have your own gear or do you borrow it from the place? A harness and a carabiner are included with the membership whenever Mm, you go, and it's $2 for renting shoes. And I'm on the fence about buying my own shoes, but so far I've just continued to rent. Fair enough. What is new with you? It is the end of an era in our house. Andrew sold all of his home brewing equipment. Mm. This is a hobby that he has been doing since 2005 when he got a little kit from his mom for Christmas. Okay. And so he started with, you know, one of those all-in-one things and then the operation expanded from there. Just now <laughs> when he sold everything, he had a kegerator, so, you know, the little fridge that two kegs fit in that has the taps that come out the top. Mm-hmm. A chest freezer specifically for lagering, so beers that are lagers need to be kept at a cooler temperature to ferment. And then a bunch of kegs, a bunch of the giant glass carboys for fermenting, a big brew pot, a big cooler that he used to mix the water and the grains all together. It was just a lot of stuff (laughs) that was in our very small house. And he hadn't brewed in about two years. Mm. So when we were thinking about our move to Birmingham, when his job is going to change, and we now have two kids, and he looked at all the stuff and said, you know, I haven't done this in a really long time, so maybe I can get some money for it now. And then if I want to pick it back up in the future, I can upgrade my gear or buy gear from someone else who just had a new baby and isn't Mm -hmm. brewing Mm -hmm. or something like that. (laughs) And he actually found somebody to buy all of it. So he priced it individually on Craigslist, the stuff. Mm -hmm. But then someone wanted to buy all of it, so he gave that guy a huge discount. They came with a truck to get it this weekend. We said goodbye to it. We have so much more space in our house now. Mm. And looking at it all out on the sidewalk in front of our house Mm -hmm. as it was going to its new home, I was Mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, that's so much stuff. (laughs) Uh Goodbye stuff. I won't miss you. (laughs) Maybe he misses a little bit the person he was when he was doing that. Mm Mm-hmm. But we're both excited for new things to come and having that much space and shedding all that stuff feels really good. 
Yes. And as you said, nothing has to be forever. Exactly. Now let's talk about what we've been reading. What's your latest read, friend? I just finished The Girl Who Smiled Beads by Clementine Wamarira, and it is Clementine's memoir. She was six during the genocide in Rwanda in 1994, and she and her sister escaped and spent the next six years traveling across seven African countries wow. in and out of refugee camps and other temporary living situations before being granted asylum in the United States when she was 12. So the book goes back and forth between starting with the genocide and then to when she first arrived in the United States, and the chapters alternate, so you're learning more about each of those time periods throughout the book. Hmm. It's not 100% chronological. I loved that she did not try and make the reader feel comfortable with her journey, her as an individual, and the ways in which we as Westerners are complicit Mm. when things are happening on the other side of the world. I just loved her rawness and her rage. It felt really honest. It was not neatly tied up in a bow. She felt no need to make meaning of her suffering for the benefit of a narrative for our consumption. And Mm. I really admire that because I think it is off-putting in many ways, but it also felt really honest. And I want to be challenged when I'm reading, and I think her anger is 100% justified. Yeah. I read this for book club, and while I really loved the book, I was the only person in my book club who did. Mm. Everyone else seemed to think that it was just okay. Hmm. But I still stand by my recommendation. It was a quick read. It feels ever relevant as there is no shortage of conflicts in the world that are displacing families and kids who are living out a similar story as we speak. It sounds like a really important read. It is. What have you been reading? I just finished Two Night Owl from Dogfish by Holly Goldberg Sloan and Meg Wolitzer. Hmm. This is a middle grade epistolary novel. It's told entirely through letters and emails, mostly between the two main characters, Avery Bloom and Bette Devlin. So they're two 12-year-old girls whose fathers meet and fall in love, and then the dads send them to camp together to get to know each other. It's a little bit like a reverse parent trap situation. Hmm. Parent Trap was one of my favorite movies as a kid, so I loved those aspects of it. It was really readable, really fun, very adventurous. The characters felt really real, including the adults, which I think often in middle grade novels, the adults are either one-dimensional or really terrible or both. Mm -hmm. And I can't handle that when that's happening. As an adult reading a middle grade novel, it does not work for me when the adults suck. (laughs) (laughs) fair. But also there was enough whimsy and coincidence and adventure that it felt like an escape. Mm. And I think most of the stuff is pretty unbelievable if you'd been reading about real life, but it made it a really fun ride. So it was great for what it was. And I would recommend it if you're in need of a middle grade novel. I'm intrigued, especially that Meg Wolitzer is one of the co-authors because I've read her adult fiction and I'm, did I already say intrigued? I'm intrigued by the idea of her writing a middle grade novel. Yeah, I didn't look into it But I think probably what they did is each one of them wrote the perspective of one of the characters to give it uh a truly back and forth kind of feel. Mm -hmm. But I'm just guessing on that. I need to look into it more. I find that sort of team writing so interesting. Agreed. Now let's talk about time management. We're going to begin with a discussion of how time management is looking for us these days. We are doing this episode at the perfect time for me. Love when that happens. (laughs) I've had a lot of big changes in my schedule recently, 
e-switch to half days, which cuts the free time that I have in half. Mm -hmm. And then I also started volunteering one day a week at the kids' school. And then I also got a part-time job at the local library. So in the first week of school, I had really long stretches of open time. And now it feels like I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum where I have very little unstructured non-parenting time in my life. Mm. But I do think that has helped me become more efficient. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I'm actually more on top of my life right now. We'll see if that unravels as the weeks and months go on. (laughs) (laughs) But one thing I am learning about myself is that I really don't do well with long open blocks of time and that I'm feeling more energized now than I did at the start of the year. Mm -hmm. And part of that is that I like the pressure of deadlines and getting things done. I'm sure we've talked about that on past episodes. Yes. And knowing that I only have these certain open spaces in order to get our podcast done, for example, right, makes it so I actually use them. Where when I know I have five hours, it's hard to sit down and really get it all done in the first 45 minutes. Yes. In the Myers-Briggs type indicators for the last letter, are you a P or a J? I think I'm a P. I think I'm INFP. This makes perfect sense. I have a friend in my in-person book club who's a career counselor, so she uses the Myers-Briggs type indicator a lot, Mm -hmm. and how she explained J and P to me, which I hadn't heard it put this way before, is that Js get a lot of energy to work ahead and to get things done in advance, Mm. and Ps get a lot of energy to get their work done right up to the deadline. Mm -hmm. So both types get their work done and neither type is lazy, but it's just where you have the most energy to do your work. Mm. And that's exactly how I work too. And when she explained that to me, it was so validating. Mm -hmm. Because it takes the judgment out of it, that it's not you're procrastinating or you're lazy, as you said. Right. It's that you're just different in that way. Yeah. But I think we hold up the ideal of working ahead yes. and being a self-starter and being able to do that. But I think it's much more powerful to understand how you work mm-hmm. and harness that as opposed to trying to fit some societal ideal, which I think is what I had done in the past. I should be like this. And if I'm not, I'm somehow failing and I need to change it. So I'm very interested in this conversation we're going to have today and thinking through these things about how I can be honest with myself, but still use my time in the best way possible. Yeah, because I think it is part of a time management strategy to recognize what works best for you. Like you're saying Mm -hmm. that you do best with smaller amounts of time to meet specific concrete deadlines Mm -hmm. versus having all this time with which to do with what you want. Exactly. What's working and not working for you these days? I pretty foolishly took on a temp job at the end of July. Hmm. So right after I got back from maternity leave, I all of a sudden had double the work Uh and, of course, double the children that I had before (laughs) maternity leave. And then you add in that Plum is napping much less. And earlier this summer, we stopped offering TV shows, Hmm. which we've pretty much kept up. So I am in the weeds on my time much of the time. Mm -hmm. As we just talked about, I do meet my deadlines, but I meet them at the very last minute. Mm -hmm. And I think because there are so many of them, my typical time management strategy of saving things till right before they're ready, knowing about how long it will take me, working efficiently to get them done in whatever time it is, Mm -hmm. is still fine. I think that I'm probably not going to change at this point in how I work. I think that would be unrealistic to expect. Mm -hmm. But because there are so many more deadlines, I really feel like I don't have any breaks or space for myself. I'm either parenting or working 
pretty much all the time. And that has felt really overwhelming. And you're planning a move. So yes, also (laughs) that. So I'm really looking forward to having less to manage when this temp job ends, Mm -hmm. which is not that long from now. And I'm thinking that my sort of constant strategies that I've been using all along will start working better at that point, or I'm hoping that they will. (laughs) (laughs) So speaking of strategies, do you have time management strategies or tools that you use on the regular? I think the best strategy for me is to limit the time I'm spending on screens Mm. Earlier this summer, I switched from my smartphone that died to a dumb phone that has T9 texting. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I use my phone much less now. Nice. It was really great for the summer because I felt much more focused with my kids. Mm -hmm. And I still have an old, old smartphone that's also half broken, but I use it for boxing and (laughs) listening to podcasts. And then it can just be in another room. So whenever I'm checking a text or calling Neil or doing something like that, I found it very hard to not get sucked into my smartphone. And now that isn't an issue. My other phone's just elsewhere. When I'm in a bad cycle of looking at screens or watching TV, I don't really do anything productive. At least that's how it feels. Right. And when I'm in a healthier place where I'm reading and connecting with friends and doing that, I just find that I have more energy to devote to the bigger things that I want to do instead of just going for that easiest one. Yeah. So the thing that I know I have to do whenever I'm struggling is just take a step back, even if it's just for a day or two and really limit it and then try and have it find a healthier place within my life. Mm. Because I just noticed that that really is an indicator of how well I'm using my time. In terms of tools, I have a paper planner, which I don't have a paper planner every year. I kind of go back and forth. And then at some point, I hear about one or see one and think, this is going to change my life and revolutionize the way that I organize things. I love it. So I buy one. And then I go back and forth on using it. I definitely put in all of my appointments that are far in the future that I would otherwise forget. Mm -hmm. But I find on a week-to-week basis, I keep my calendar in my head and don't feel the need to write down every detail or to look Mm -hmm. at it in that way. Yeah. When I have sat down on Sunday or Monday morning and looked at the week and kind of thought about which blocks of time do I have, Mm -hmm. and I've been doing that more now that my weeks are more full and those blocks are more limited, so I really do need to figure out where are those spaces so I can get the stuff done I need to do. Mm -hmm. But overall, I would say I'm a haphazard user of the paper planner. (laughs) (laughs) I'm wondering in the future if I would do better with bullet journaling and just getting a really basic blank notebook because then on the weeks when I want to plan things out, I can just write out that week and do it as opposed to having months of my paper planner that go unused. That way, when I needed it, it would be there, but there isn't that guilt attached to the structure that it provides. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like the structure is not necessarily serving you. Mm -hmm. It serves me sometime, but I think something else could serve me just as well. Yeah. (laughs) And then in terms of electronic calendars, I really have not yet gotten on board with that. I think part of that is that Neil doesn't have a smartphone, so we can't sync calendars Mm -hmm. unless I'm just syncing with his work calendar, which sometimes that's helpful. But to me, it feels like one more step and one more chance for me to be on my phone putting something in, which, as discussed, does not lead to productivity and feeling great in my life. Right. And I don't feel like I'm missing things or dropping the ball because I'm not getting electronic reminders about them. So, so far, I haven't used it. Sometime in the future, maybe I will. But right now, that feels like more work 
than any benefit I would derive from it. Especially since your phone that you can actually take with you wouldn't have that functionality. Yes. I do use iCal for everything. Mm -hmm. But one of the big helps to me is that when I'm standing at the pediatrician's office making Mm -hmm. my next appointment, I don't have to take the little card from them. I just put it straight in my phone Mm -hmm. and then it syncs to my computer. And if I put it in the Google calendar that's shared between Andrew and me, Mm -hmm. then he gets it too. Feels like without the phone piece connecting, I'm not sure the value of it because you're not someone who's sitting around at a computer all day. Correct. I mean, I think a lot of people use e calendars at work because they're on a screen at work and they need to see what other people are doing. And I think that's the other piece that's missing is like, I don't have another calendar that that needs to be shared with because my partner doesn't use it either. Right. <laughs> and my strategy is I take the card from them. I either remember to immediately put in my paper planner or I lose it. And then when it's getting close to when the appointments are, I have to call the doctor's office, (laughs) wait on hold for 15 minutes and ask them when the appointment is and then realize that I have something else scheduled then. So it's not the most successful system, (laughs) but still doing it. (laughs) What tools and strategies do you use? I use other Google calendars. I mentioned the shared one with Andrew. We also have a shared one for our podcast, which you may have seen. Only you look at. (laughs) Yep, I keep it updated for us. It's news to me whenever you tell me that. I'm always like, we do? Hmm. If you decided you wanted to look at it, you totally could. It would be updated. (laughs) But I use an integrated system of iCal and Google calendars. I mostly just put my phone interviews for science writing and deadlines and things like that on iCal. So it pops up on my computer and also on my phone when I'm supposed to be calling someone to talk about something. Mm -hmm. I also like Google Keep, which is not Hmm. a calendar product, but another Google product where you can make lists. So you can do it on a web browser. You can also get the Google Keep app on your phone. Lists can be shared. So for instance, right now, Andrew and I have a to-do before we move list Hmm. that Mm -hmm. he and I are both updating regularly, which is really nice. In terms of a scheduling philosophy, as things have been so full work and family-wise this fall, I have noticed how easy it is for me to let social stuff slip by the wayside. So I don't know if Mm -hmm. this counts as a philosophy, (laughs) but say I am very fly by the seat of my pants-ish in the social stuff. Mm -hmm. So if I feel like I want to do something, I do it. If not, I just don't talk to anyone so that I don't get invited to anything and don't make any plans. Right now, when my plate is as full as it is, that is what is happening. Mm -hmm. So in terms of time management, I think that it would be nicer to have a balance, Mm -hmm. but I can't quite figure out how to get there with that. It seems like seeking that balance might be better suited for once you're settled in Birmingham than at this particular moment of your life. But at the same time, like this is my last chance to be social with all the friends that are here. Mm, So true. I'm just really feeling like bummed that... It feels like I took on this job and now I can't prioritize. You know, it's kind of my last chance. Yeah, that feels really hard. The temp job is ending soon. And then I can use these excellent strategies we're discussing to see all my local (laughs) friends. Love it. What time management aspirations do you have for your life? My aspirations are around both my morning and evening routine. I want to be making better use of my mornings, which I actually think I've been having some success at. I generally value sleep 
over waking up really early to get stuff done because I just know that I pay for it in the evening hours. If I wake up too early, Mm -hmm. feels great in the moment and then just awful later. But I've been getting enough sleep that I've been trying to wake up before the kids. And that's actually when I've been fitting in podcast stuff is doing it in half hour chunks in the mornings, Mm -hmm. which feels really manageable and good and like I'm off to a productive start. But in order to make that happen, I really have to use my evenings well and not get sucked into screens or TV shows because that is always when I stay up later than I want to. Sometimes when I'm reading, I try and stay up really late to finish a book, but normally I find it easier to end on a chapter and just go to sleep and like my mind is more rested and ready for that transition. And lately that's also been going well because Neil has a TV show he's been watching that I Mm. don't want to watch. So he is utilizing our computer for that purpose. Nice. Which leaves me with my book in the evenings. And then the other aspiration I have is finding time to walk every day. I felt like this was going really well. I think I just talked about it in the last episode or two on how I've been going on walks after dropping the kids off. Mm -hmm. But now I have places I have to be four out of the five mornings. Mm. So it doesn't fit in as easily as it did before. So I'm genuinely not quite sure when to do this. Now that it's dark in the mornings, I don't see myself using morning hours for that. Right. I don't see myself doing it with E because she's not going to be excited about that. (laughs) And we don't have a stroller right now. So I'm thinking maybe after dinner that the kids often play independently then, Neil does the dishes, and that I could head out on a half hour walk and then come back for bedtime. Mm -hmm. I still need to think through what that will look like. But I want to make some kind of movement a regular part of my weeks and... Since having all these transitions, it's something that has kind of fallen to the wayside. I understand. What aspirations do you have? I'm really thinking a lot about how I can plan my work better in advance Mm -hmm. so that I don't end up just working in parenting. Mm -hmm. Like you said, this sort of self-care enjoyment movement thing for you has slipped by the wayside, and that's totally true with me. Mm -hmm. I really need to prioritize this stuff. I would love to get to pelvic physical therapy before we move. Mm -hmm. I would love to walk more. I would love to do more clutter clearing. I would love social time as discussed. But when my plate is this full, I really struggle to fit this stuff in. And then it makes me sort of self-examine my career choices. So not just saying yes to the temp job, because I think that's an important lesson. It looked really attractive based on the money. Mm -hmm. It seemed like time-wise I could fit it in. And I am, but at what cost? Yes. So there's that piece of it. But then there's also this piece of, I have basically chosen to be an at-home parent and science writer. Mm -hmm. And so I have preschool for Plum, and then I have a pretty good napper in Pepper. But All of the time that I'm not parenting is still filled up with working or I end up doing it at night, which means I don't get to sort of veg out. I don't get to read. I don't get to watch shows with the intrude because I just have to hurry up and work if I want to go to sleep. Right. And so I'm wondering if there is a different job where I could still earn an income because I like that part of working, but maybe within the childcare that I have... I could make it work a little better. It just feels like Mm -hmm. my work is spilling over too much into other aspects of my life. And I would love it to be more compartmentalized. Right. So I don't feel super clear on what that looks like. But maybe my aspiration is around exploring that more. It sounds like you're doing the best that you can with the current 
responsibilities that you have. Right. Like these little little time management tweaks aren't going to change no. the outlook that you're needing some kind of bigger shift that would feel better overall, mm-hmm. which is much harder to achieve. Yeah. We're going to wrap up our discussion of time management by talking about resources and tips. I love a good nonfiction book when I'm feeling inspired in a certain area. Mm-hmm. And in terms of time management, I've really enjoyed Laura Vanderkam's books. She's had several. Her most recent one is called Off the Clock, and it focuses on working parents. But I love how her main premise is that there is enough time to do everything that's important to us. Mm. We just need to reframe how we're thinking about it. I have found her tone to be somewhat condescending at times, but I think what she has to offer is really helpful, and I've been able to overlook that when I am inspired to rethink my own schedule and what am I prioritizing, and is the way I'm using my time reflecting those priorities or not? Mm. Mm -hmm. What are your favorite tools or resources? You mentioned your phone earlier. A change that I made around the time I took on this temp job was to start using app timers on my phone. Mm -hmm. So I set a 20-minute daily limit for both Facebook and Instagram. Mm. And I just use the Screen Time app on iPhone, but I'm sure there's something like that available for all phone platforms. Mm -hmm. Having those timers has cut my phone usage in half. Mm. I was doing so much extra just scrolling or reading or not important stuff. And not that I wasn't enjoying it, but that it was just taking up a lot of my time. And so now knowing that I only have 20 minutes before my phone is going to remind me that I've set a 20 minute timer and ask if I want to ignore it or not, which Mm -hmm. sometimes Mm -hmm. I still do. I was going to ask if it just shuts it down or not. It puts up a white screen Mm -hmm. with a little hourglass that says your time is up for today. Would you like to ignore your limit for 15 minutes or for the day, hmm. or are you just done? And I kind of pat myself on the back too if I get to the end of the day and still have time left. Mm, yes. And so that is something I would definitely recommend, especially if screen use is something that you struggle with. And listeners, we would love to hear your resources and tips for time management, how you think your personality influences, how you manage your time, and whether you have made changes in your life so that your time feels more manageable. We'll finish by talking about what we've been eating. I want to share a new frittata recipe Mm. that I made earlier this summer. And I had never put potatoes in a frittata. Mm, So good. I don't know why, because my problem with frittatas is that I'm happy eating them while I eat them. And then I'm hungry much sooner Mm. because it's mostly just eggs and vegetables that are in there. But putting the potatoes in, I feel like really helped it stick with me and help me stay full for longer. Mm -hmm. So this recipe has green peas, frozen peas, mushrooms, potatoes, cheese, maybe some onions. I think they recommend green onions, but I use regular onion because that's my preference. And eggs, of course. You could do basically any combination like that. We'll link to the specific recipe that I used, but I thought it was really yummy. It was really fresh tasting. I loved having the mushrooms in there for the texture. And like I said, the potatoes for the fillingness. It was just a good frittata. And we ate it for breakfast, but this could easily be substantial enough for a dinner. I love the egg and potato combination just in general. Oh, yes. We often have potatoes with eggs in various forms and combinations, Mm -hmm. but we haven't done a frittata in a long time, and that recipe looks amazing. Going to give it a try. Good. What have you been eating? 
We tried making cornbread recently. And so I think last time I talked about how we went on a family camping trip. Mm -hmm. And the state park we went to is called Spring Mill. They have trails and caves and different things to explore. But they also have a pioneer village where people are there. There's a working mill. It's over 200 years old. That's awesome. They turn that on every hour and they show you how they grind the corn and you can buy the cornmeal from the mill. So we ended up buying a bag of cornmeal there and came home and made the recipe that was on the back. There were several different recipes provided by Indiana Department of Natural Resources. (laughs) And (laughs) we made the cornbread. It was good. It was different than usual cornbread because this cornmeal was really coarse, Mm -hmm. more so than what I would normally buy at the store. Felt really hearty. Felt like we were back in pioneer times cooking with our cast iron. Oh, yeah. I loved it. It was a great end of the experience of getting to be there and see it happening and then come home and cook things. And I think it's really fun when meals become part of a bigger experience as opposed to just the thing we're eating right then. Mm -hmm. That's all for this episode of Friendlier. It's been great talking with you, Abby, and with all of you listeners. You can find us on our website, friendlierpodcast.com, on Instagram at friendlierpodcast, or email us, friendlierpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, may your books be engaging, your food delicious, and your conversations friendly. Maybe I don't want to say that first. Goodness, this is a hot mess. Um, Which is something I've avoided in the past because it seemed like we would not use it. (laughs) Why are you laughing at me? I was not sure what you were going to say. Oh. But about why you avoided it in the past. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. What did you we think avoided it in say? the past because I hated it. But now I love it. Life lately is great. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I'm starting over. Yeah. That was one big outtake. Good job. Cut the part earlier. I'm, I'm going to say it now. Okay. Yeah. Okay, perfect. We're going to wrap up. We're going to wrap up. (laughs) Are we? Are we now?